the crowds, this is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. Jesus said, to what shall we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that when it is sown in the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> so it seems to me that there are two dangerous, dangerous extremes to the spiritual life. And the one is that, well, it's when we do nothing. When we make no effort whatsoever to grow in our faith or holy living, we're just flat-out lazy. But it seems to me that it's the opposite extreme that Jesus is addressing today in our gospel reading. In those parables, he's talking to us about when we rely on ourselves, when we think that we're the ones that are going to just make things happen. That is equally dangerous. The kingdom is always radically different from how we normally think and what we would do. You see, we normally say, go get it, make it happen. But the kingdom says, no, first, receive. Listen. Be, be totally dependent. Open yourself to God and let him make it happen. And so Jesus uses seeds today to teach us about this. Now, earlier in Mark chapter 4, he told us another seed parable, the famous parable of the sower. He's like a farmer who sows seeds. That seed, he says, is the Word of God, and he throws it everywhere. It lands on everybody. But some of that seed falls on hard and beaten down soil, so it never penetrates the surface and it never grows. Some of it falls on rocky soil. It gets below the surface and it starts to grow, but because it has no roots, they're not deep enough, life scorches it and it withers. Some of it falls on soil that's infested with weeds and thorns. It, it certainly grows, but Jesus says that it's the worries and the distractions and the other priorities that we all have in life that sort of choke it out. But finally, some of the seed falls on rich, fertile soil, and it produces greatly. The soil is the condition of your heart. How do we then become the rich and fertile soil? Well, you have to break up that hardness, dig out those rocks, rip out those weeds and those thorns. Ah, but, but dirt can't do that to itself. It needs the farmer to do it. You see how dependent we are? So now as we turn to today's reading, the, the gospel, the, the first of the two parables Jesus tells, he zooms in on the seed. See, make no mistake, once again, we're the dirt. Dirt doesn't grow stuff by itself. 
The potential for life to grow is there in the dirt, but there's not life in the dirt. Remember how at the very beginning in Genesis that it says we're dirt. We only come alive because God breathes His divine breath into us. We all know how a seed grows, right? There's fields all around us right now. You put the seed in the ground, you water it, you fertilize it, etc. And yet, we don't really know how that seed grows, do we? What makes that kernel actually crack open and spring to life? How is it that it goes from that hard, seemingly inanimate seed to sprout, to stalk, to grain for harvest? Just like we all know how babies are made, right? And yet we don't really know. I mean, yes, the sperm and the egg meet, but then how is it that, that, that a new person, a new soul starts? It is the miracle of life. See, as much as science can explain to us, no, 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 there is still a great mystery, an awful ministry, this miracle of life itself. And so it is then with the Word of God. How does that seed spring to life within us, that Word that then starts faith in us? It's a miracle. It is totally dependent on the author and the giver of life. See, he's the one and only one who can make things grow. This is all about the fecundity of God. But Jesus says that growth process is also slow. It starts because it sprouts, and then it grows a stalk, and then it produces grain. It takes an entire life cycle. That's the spiritual life. We grow slowly. Ah, no, no, we want growth spurts. We want noticeable progress. We want immediate results now. But the kingdom's different. It requires patience. We're not so good at that. Good thing God is. He knows that we're a work in progress. He knows that it takes an entire life cycle. And Jesus also says that how we grow is mysterious. The farmer sleeps and rises. Just like the seed sleeps in the dirt and rises. Just like we'll hear next week, Jesus sleeps in the boat and then rises and calms the storm. Just like at the end of the gospel, Jesus sleeps in death and rises. That's how life grows, by dying. Again, not what we expect. But the kingdom's never what we expect. We sleep and then we rise. We die and we rise. That's the life cycle, if you think about it. That's the life cycle of every day. Because at the end of the day, we pray, or we should, and we should review our day. And we should confess to the Lord the wrong that we did that day, the times that our hearts were too hard or too shallow or too preoccupied with other thorny things to listen to Him the ways that we failed to bear fruit that day. But we ask for forgiveness, and we go to sleep. A little death. And then each morning is truly His miracle of life. Even today, by His grace, we all woke up. By His grace, we rise to live a new day, forgiven, fresh, fertile, ready to bear fruit. Day by day, sleeping and rising, dying and rising, Slowly we grow, until one day then we do die, but then we rise, 
And at the end of our life cycle, the sickle is taken to us. Did we produce fruit? It's not the successes and the achievements and the things that we accumulated. No, it's the only fruit of this life is the life that we gave, the seed that we spread to others. Then in the last seed parable Jesus tells us today, we hear that not only does the seed grow slowly, it starts as this very small seed, like a mustard seed. See, we think we need to be a big deal, right? We don't have time for small, insignificant, mundane, ordinary, boring things. We want big and flashy and important. But he starts small, under the radar, insignificant. It shows us how powerful he is, and it keeps us humble. And if we would accept that smallness, it gives us really wonderful, great hope. Because our God does great things with small things. Did you know that a mustard seed grows to be a bush that can be 10 to 12 feet tall? After all, remember, these parables are ultimately about Jesus. The Holy Spirit finds rich, fertile soil, a heart that he long cultivated with his holy law. A young maiden, poor, living in a small, insignificant town, in a very weak nation that is dominated by a powerful empire. But there, Gabriel sows the seed. And he says, you're going to have a baby by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just a baby, you're going to have the very Son of God. Ah, the miracle of life. The seed, the Word is planted in her heart, but also there in her womb. God is now smaller than a mustard seed. You would need a microscope to see him. And slowly and silently he grows, nine months inside of her, 30 years in Nazareth. And then with 12 of the most unlikely followers, he starts sowing seed, announcing that the kingdom of God has come. Some receive it, but many don't. He gains attention and he gains notoriety, which threatens the powerful, so they put the sickle to him. They knock him down, kill him. Little do they know, though, they were reaping the harvest. Because as that seed is put to sleep in death, in the tomb, it bears much fruit. He rises and scatters his seed of life. And yet it's all still, at this point, like a small mustard seed, as it always is. When he ascends, it's his small band of followers that have no money, they've got no building, no influence and no power. They only have his Holy Spirit and his word. But they scatter that seed, and slowly it begins to grow into a giant bush, spreading its branches from there in that little region of the Mediterranean, now all the way here to us. And here in this bush, we find shelter and shade. It's in his holy church that we find safety, like a place where, like a bush, where birds can build their nests and raise their younglings. That's the kingdom. It's the miracle of life. It's the fecundity of God. And He makes it happen, not us. But will you receive it? That's what Jesus is asking us today. Will we receive it? Will you let Him till you? Will you let Him plant that small seed in you? Will you grow it slowly? Or will He grow it slowly in you? Will it bear fruit? And then will you scatter that seed to others? 
If you would, please, I'd like you to visualize a little prayer with me. If you'd open up the palm of one of your hands, I'd like you to imagine that this is your heart. And then with your other hand, if you would pinch an imaginary tiny little seed between your fingers and pray about this. First, what needs to happen to your heart to be prepared? Whatever needs to happen to your heart today, ask Jesus to do it. And then second, ask him to plant the seed of his word deeply in your heart. And let it be small. Let go of your grandiose ideas and plans and ambitions. Let him grow in you what he wants to grow in you. And be patient. Let it grow slowly as he sees fit. If you would, for a moment, take that to prayer. Everybody? Everybody?